Welcome to the number one podcast covering Michigan State basketball. The Final Four is not in the schedule. Join Rod and me, Eric, as we dive deep into the Spartans to get you prepared for every game. Subscribe today for in-depth recruiting updates and fantastic interviews with today's important college basketball personalities like Robbie Hummel. Thanks for having me. I, uh, I have listened to your guys' podcasts numerous times on drives throughout any Midwestern Big Ten city, so I, I am big fans of your guys' work. Jay Billis. And next time, hey, if anybody in Michigan wants a December tea time, call me. You wimps won't show up, but I'll I'll be there. I'll be there and play in the cold. And Izzo will be in front of the fire with hot chocolate. Coaches Thomas Kelly. Oh, no problem. Glad to be back, man. Glad to be back. Mike Garland. Just can't sit there and trade twos for threes. You can't do it. You're gonna lose. Coming down the stretch, you're gonna lose. And more. You won't find better coverage of Spartan Hoops than you will get here. For both the casual and hardcore fan, come along as we take you for a green and white ride. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod to re- preview MSU's upcoming game against the Georgia Southern Eagles on Tuesday night in East Lansing. I know I've mentioned it before, but the show has experienced a massive growth over the last year. Thanks so much, and I hope you appreciate the kind that we bring for you each and every game. We love doing the show. Uh, it's a small thing to ask, but please pause the show, leave a five-star written review on your podcast player. It means the world to us and really helps the algorithms help other Spartan fans like you find the show. I continue recommending the show to your friends, and if you haven't, Please prescribe. It's free. Uh, so, Rod, let's talk about the Eagles from Georgia Southern. Uh, they're out of the Sun Belt. They're a sub-300 Ken Palm team. So, again, this is a team that we expect Michigan State to handle easily uh, and probably one of the worst teams on Michigan State's schedule outside of Southern Indiana. Uh, well, and certainly it'd be, unless they face someone in the NCAA tournament, they're really not going to see someone this poor because there's no one this bad in the in Big Ten. Uh, they have not been good on either end of the court, which is not surprising. On offense, they can sort of offensive rebound. They're a top 100 team in that category. Other than that, they don't shoot threes very well. They're really bad shooting twos. <laughs> on defense, they've been getting crushed defending the threes. They foul a lot and a really, really bad defensive rebounding team. So their profile seems very similar to Elkhorn State in many ways, at least in the sense of just really struggling. In fact, they're, I guess, even worse than Elkhorn State in a lot of those categories. Yeah, and and I think that this is a smart scheduling move by Michigan State because you have a big gap between the Arizona game and those first two Big Ten games, right? Which I think the first one right. is on the road at Nebraska, right? First one uh, is at Nebraska. Is it home against Wisconsin? I thought it was, but I'll check it. I'll look it up. Yeah, keep Either going. way. <laughs> yeah. The first Big Ten game. And I think you want to have an opportunity to play someone to stay sharp. So you don't, you know, you got to play a game. But this isn't a spot where I think it would be ideal to play, you know, I don't know, uh, a stiffer. Well, let's say James Madison. I don't think you are, you know, somebody of that level. You want a game that I think you can work on yourself and continue to work on getting rotation set, figuring out what are optimal playing groups, you know, those types of things. Mm -hmm. This should be a game that allows you to do that. Right. Yeah. And it's actually the the fifth at home against Wisconsin. Then they played Nebraska the the 10th. 
There uh, we but go. Yeah, I think, okay. and certainly it's it's helpful having a game like this where you're not where you're coming off a game which might you know you got coming off the Arizona game it's tough, and so it's good to get a game that you know is ahead of time. This is a good game to sort of get things squared away, like you said, before we get into the games that count because the Big Ten games they definitely mean more than these other games in the non-conference. I mean, obviously you don't want to lose any game, but the Big Ten games you want to have right. better focus on. Yeah, exactly. So let's talk about the, I guess, the players on Georgia Southern. This is brought to you by the Brothers Adjust Your Gutters. They are the ones who feature the player that Michigan State needs to keep in the gutter, who Rod will mention and point out in just a little bit. The Brothers Adjust Your Gutters, well, guess what? They just do gutters. That's all they do. They do a fantastic work. They can do commercial real, real estate. They can work on residential. Whatever you have needs for with the gutter work, they are the ones to take care of. And it's not very exciting but it is very important because if you don't take care of your water, it can cause all kinds of damage to your siding, to your sidewalks, your driveway. It get water into your basement. So effectively moving water off away from your roof, away from the foundation is important. And so they'll make sure that it's all taken care of. If you just need the gutters cleaned out, they can do that. If you need them repaired, they can do that. If you need leaf guards, they can do that. And if you need them replaced, guess what? They can do that too. So they will do anything you need uh, when it comes to gutters because again, that's all they do. They'll take care of all that stuff. So you don't have to get on the ladder. You don't have to do all this work. I had to help my foster son work and put a gutter up in his house because he can't afford to do much else except his own stuff. And I end up slicing my thumb because, you know, that's... <laughs> so anyway, if you don't want to deal with all that stuff, the Brothers of Justice Gutters are the ones to call. So you can find their contact information on your podcast player below. Uh, you can also go to the website and you can find a ways to get a hold of Kurt on the uh, west side of the state in the Grand Rapids area, or Greg over in the Metro Detroit area, they can hook you up and take care of things 10% off if you mention Final Four when you get your estimate from them. So we'll begin with this. There are suspected starters in a lot, a lot of these small teams. They have they rotate who starts games for all sorts of various reasons. So these are our best guess, I guess we'll say, since you never really know for sure. We'll begin with Deuce Dean, 6'4 transfer from Hampton. He leads them in scoring and is not a very good shooter, but... You know, he's probably, well, he's their best scorer, I guess. Although he's not a Trey, he's a deuce. So, you know, he, he won't hurt you as bad from deep, right? Yeah, th- this is the guy to keep in the gutter. He's been, by a considerable margin, their top scorer. Had a lot of experience playing at Hampton. Transferred transferred over to Georgia Southern for this year. And, yeah, he's the guy MSU is going to probably be looking to focus on. Next would be Tyren Moore, 5'11", senior. He leads the team in assists, but doesn't shoot very well, which kind of goes along with the team for the most part. And so he's a guy who's, I guess, just going to be a facilitator, I assume, to guys like Deuce Dean. Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a problem when you're 5'11 and you're not able to hit jump shots consistently. That That makes you a lot easier to guard. Yeah. Well, in my problem playing basketball is I couldn't also handle the ball. So I really, I was really not very effective as, you know, a guy. It's a really like, tough spot to be in. Yeah. yeah. When you're five, six, you know, when I was playing in high school, I was five, six, I couldn't handle the ball and I couldn't shoot. There wasn't a lot, there wasn't much point of you being on the, on the floor. So I wasn't exactly the uh, guy, the go-to guy in the IM team. <laughs> so we'll go on to Bleak Tidwell as 5'11 senior guard. Also 5'11, he transferred up from D2. And he's third on the team in scoring, but again, he's a small guy and he doesn't have a great shot from distance. Same problem. <laughs> yeah. There's just not, I mean, we're, we're giving short shrift to this, but there's just not a lot to talk about in terms of the capabilities of this yeah. group. So then we'll get it. Well, then we'll get into their size. Avante Parker, six, nine, 
210 uh, freshman, top rebounder on the team, which is maybe not saying much because they are really a pretty terrible rebounding team, but he tends to get fouled a lot. Yeah, he's averaging right around five free throw attempts a game. So that's a good sign. And look, the interesting thing, the difference between this team and some of the other teams, Southern Indiana and Alcorn, that we've talked about recently in this season that are kind of in this at this level is these guys have not loaded up on a heavy, heavy dose of fifth-year seniors, grad transfers, you know, there's some younger players here. So they seem to be trying the developmental route. And this kid being an example, he's a true freshman. Yeah. Yeah. And for those who've been paying attention, you know, James Madison is on Sunbelt team as well. So this is the second Sunbelt team. Actually, right. Should say will play this This season. team is not picked to win the Sunbelt though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Different caliber within. There's definitely a bigger yeah. disparity in, in quality in that conference than there isn't even in the big yeah. 10, right? <laughs> From top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, finally, we're yeah. rounding out what we suspect the starting five is Carlos Curry, 6'11", 240-pound senior. Started at Ole Miss as a freshman, but he averages only 13 minutes a game, so he may start, but he doesn't, you know, from a minute standpoint, he doesn't seem to provide a lot, except a little bit of shot blocking yeah. with a little over a game, one a game. And you see this sometimes. We see this coming out of the Big Ten at times. You'll have guys that get a Big Ten or an SEC, in this case, level offer, because they've got size and potential. And -hmm. then it doesn't always develop. Figuring out which big men are going to see the light turn on and which ones aren't is, I think, probably the single most challenging thing in player evaluation. It is difficult at times to be able to tell who it's going to click for and who it isn't. So in Curry's case, obviously a guy where it didn't click at the high major level, clearly, because here he is years down the line playing for a not great Sunbelt program, and he's only getting 13 minutes a game, but at least he offers legitimate size. Yeah, I think it's funny, too. You know, you look at these big men and they're people get sort of tied in knots when it comes to who's starting and who's not starting a game. And, you know, the first two games that Carson Cooper started, right. or the actually the game before that, he played more minutes than Sissoko. And then he starts and plays less. And, you know, it's funny how it just, it doesn't really, it, in some ways it doesn't matter. Maybe I guess it, the, maybe the most important thing is who finishes the game is probably the more important than who's starting it. Well, there's the only way that you can make a really strong case for a starting lineup mattering is when you were facing the issues that Michigan state did at the outset of the year, where you got off to these killer bad right, starts yeah. You know, then you can say, hey, we got to find a combination that gets us into the game a little quicker. That's fine. There's legitimacy to that. Beyond that, if you're getting off to decent starts, no matter who's out there, it truly does not matter. What matters is the number of minutes played and the impact when you're on the court. And so you see this more often than I think people think. Michigan State did it. Michigan State did it the year they went to the second of the back-to-back Final Four seasons in 2009-2010. Derek Nix was a true freshman who started. I don't know if he started every game, but he started a ton of them. And I don't recall off the top of my head how many minutes he played, but they were not starter minutes. I'll guarantee you that. But they started him because there was something about that at the outset of the game that Izzo liked. 
And teams do that more frequently than you might think. Yeah, well, I mean, that in many ways, that's the non-conference tinkering that Izzo's always doing, right? He's trying to figure out where to maximize the results. And then you sort of can, mm-hmm. in some ways, just test and validate it during the regular season. And then, right. you know, you should hope be, hopefully have an idea of what you need to do when it comes to the postseason. Right. So then we'll talk about the suspected reserves. We'll begin with Jamar Franklin, six foot two sophomore from South Alabama. Uh, he's the second leading scorer on the team, but mainly because he shoots a lot, <laughs> but not super efficient. Um, as a freshman at, at South Alabama, he shot 36%. Yeah, so he'd be he'd be one guy as opposed to some of the others where you can understand perhaps having some hope <laughs> that he's going to find the range at a little better rate. Um, but yeah, for now, he's a volume scorer, not an efficient one. Next would be David Jones, six foot eight junior forward and center. He came from the JUCO ranks and has been one of the rebounders on the team in a you know team that's struggling to find people to rebound. Yeah, he he was hurt to begin the year, but he started playing more recently, and so he'll give them something of a rebounding presence. Even though he's not a bruiser, he's presumably at six eight, got some length, and is active. Next to be Cam Bryant, six foot seven senior. He's been a good soar and rebounder who has been a mid thirties three point shooter in the past, but has been struggling a little bit this year so far. Yeah, that's another guy that I think they would hope can dial it in as the year goes on. And he's he's played a lot of basketball for them. So, you know, on a team that doesn't have a ton in the way of returning, you know, veteran presence in production, that that matters. And the next would be Nate Bradford, uh six foot nine sophomore in the second year with the program. He's been playing a lot more, up to almost twenty minutes a game. And he's their best three-point shooter so far. Yeah, that's a nice thing to have. Again, a younger player, a nice piece to have as they try to build this thing out. To have a guy with that kind of size who can stretch the floor, uh, they'll hope that that shooting continues because that could be a really nice weapon. And finally, Colin Cool, six foot seven senior, or sorry, freshman, uh, playing about fourteen minutes a game, and doesn't shoot a lot, but. Tends to be a player, at least who plays inside, and seems to be pretty successful in, his shot, in shooting. Yeah, he's got a very, very good shooting percentage in For the sure. early going. And so that's encouraging to see from a freshman that he knows what constitutes a good shot. They just would hope that he takes more. <laughs> yeah, we've seen players like that in the past. And like, what is it? Who is it from Northwestern who was there? Uh, Baron was that the uh, Robbie Baran? Yeah, Robbie Baran. every year, <laughs> every year I talk about it. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about the keys of the game then for Michigan State. Brought to you by Nudge Printing. Nudge Printing, your one-stop shop for Spartan apparel and other collegiate apparel. They have a great line of all the vintage Spartan logos and things like that from your past, or maybe things you haven't even seen because you're just a young buck. So check out their stuff. You can go to nudgeprinting.com. Uh, I've got a sort of vintage. Old Sparty, uh, Gruff Sparty uh, with a, a dunking a basketball. They've got all kinds of things like that and football. And they've really old ones too from even before Rod's time, uh, like guys with the, the leather helmets on. So yeah. <laughs> cheap shot. Um, shouldn't do that around Thanksgiving time, right? And then, and, and so uh, you can get the high quality equi- uh, apparel. It's at, uh, again, nudgeprinting.com, 20% off for listeners to the show if you type in Final Four as one word at checkout. Uh, you can also find all kinds of uh, 
other non-apparel things there too, like decals, wall stickers. That's actually how Nudge Printing got its start, where Gabe was just looking for um, some of the uh, large wall stickers and couldn't find one. So he decided to print his own and then his friends wanted to buy some. And before you know it, he's got himself a business. So check out Nudge Printing, great Spartan alums there, all Michigan made uh, apparel and uh, stickers and everything. So five keys to the game. Number one, play the game. So very similar to when we talked about Elkhorn State, playing the game and not the opponent. Yeah, look, in games like this, it's always the preeminent thing that I think you you worry about is, is your team able to focus on doing the things that you want them to do to continue to get better rather than, well, we just got to do what we need to to beat this team because that should be a foregone conclusion, honestly. I mean, it isn't always, but it, it should be. Yeah. And so if you approach the game the way that you should, if you're a team in Michigan State's position, then the conclusion really is foregone because you're not going to lose a game like this if you're bringing the requisite focus. Yeah. this is, And this is just like against Elkhorn State. You hope to see the starters not play a whole lot of minutes. You know, you should say everybody, yep. everybody should be in the 20s, not in the 30s, because <laughs> that would suggest That's real right. problems there, That's right? right. Number, number two, yep. rotation. So just like in Elkhorn State, you know, it's a good opportunity to get different combinations of players on the floor, uh, but also to get minutes for guys like Booker, you want, guys you want to try and develop a little bit more and give them an opportunity to get, on the, to get some real game action. Well, it's a balance here, and this is what I'm trying to get at. Because the next one after this, you got you got two Big Ten games. Right. And so those are games that have a heightened importance. They're the, they're the most important games in, in a real sense that you play during the entirety of November and December are those two Big Ten games. So this is a last chance to get the rotations right before you play those two games. And so, yes, you want optimally, you want a situation where you can play everybody a fair amount of minutes. But you also want to be fine-tuning what the playing groups are going to look like. So, you know, when that first media timeout hits at the under 16, who's coming in for who? Right. You know, I think right now the indications we have would be that whichever big man is not starting usually seems to come in at that T.O. Yep. For sure. Mm Mm-hmm. But then beyond that, did they do anything else? What order? We've seen some differences in the early going in terms of the order in which Booker and Carr come into the game. You know, initially, Carr was coming in first. More recently, we've seen Booker come in first. How quickly do you go to Jeremy Fierce and Trey Holloman in the backcourt? You know, these are all things that, you know, as Jackson Kohler comes back, we're not sure that he's going to play in this game but we don't i i don't think he will but it's possible if he does though how do you factor him into this right you know so there's those are the things that's the counter to well just play everybody and don't worry so much about continuity and getting guys used to playing with each other because we're just trying to get everybody some run to work on their games individually it's also got to be about fine-tuning how guys play with each other yeah, because the important thing too, you know, usually it feels now and last year was a bit of an exception because Michigan State dropped their first game in their first Big Ten game in December, but they usually play 
not patsies, but they tend to have a little bit softer Big Ten schedule in December, and then they play the tougher games later. I think that's by design from the Big Ten. But this year they're going to play two teams that are going to be probably pretty decent. You're at Nebraska and then home against Wisconsin. Well, I mean, those are two tougher games probably you're going to face in the Big Ten. Yeah. They're not playing Northwestern. They're not playing Penn I, State. They're not playing Minnesota. You know, the home game against anybody but Purdue is – you know that that's one you ought to get sure. right purdue would be the only one that's questionable road game yes i think nebraska's got a chance to be better but truthfully if you're looking to go back to our previews if you're looking at the big 10 where else would you rather play a road game minnesota and penn state and that's probably about it <laughs> so i still think well yeah. we'll see maybe but i think they did get a break Actually, I don't think it's a, you're right though. Historically, it is an interesting thing, isn't it? That we have not seen many examples of Michigan state dealing with a real heavyweight in these December games. I, I mean, I don't remember ever playing anyone really. Um, I mean, they don't play in, in Illinois or yeah. You haven't seen Purdue. You or, certainly you know, haven't seen Michigan, Michigan, Ohio state. Yeah. I mean, I it's been, think. It's tended to be teams at this end of the, I mean, there haven't been that many opportunities. We've only been playing these December games for about five years, but yeah, it is noticeable that there haven't been those big, you know, heavyweight clashes, which by that standard, the Wisconsin home game, you're right. I don't mean to poo poo that it is a stiffer test than we might typically see, but it's not, you know, it's not as if the second game of the year, they're going to West Lafayette. No. Yeah, I agree. Although I do feel like we always play Penn state or Northwestern or some combination. Frequently the they first have two games of, in December. Frequently they have. I or think Nebraska. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, all right. So the third key to the game is bury them. So again, this getting off to a strong start, just like against Elkhorn state finished off any chances that this team has uh, yep. a chance of winning. And then just kind of, then you can just work on yourself and, and, have a stress-free environment and one in which I can enjoy my ice cream sandwich without worrying. Yep. All the, keep the important things, keep things in perspective. (laughs) Um, Exactly. But yeah, it's, it's always the goal in games like this. Don't let them hang around. Don't let them get confidence. Decide it early. Give yourself a break. Give yourself an opportunity to do some things intentionally rather than, wow, we got to find a way to win this game. Fourth key to the game, crisp play. And this has nothing I imagine to do with crackers. No, any game you play, but especially one like this, it's really easy to fall into the trap of playing sloppy because that comes with a lack of focus, comes with maybe not taking the opponent seriously, trying to do things to generate energy that's otherwise lacking. So you try to do too much. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the things you want to avoid. And I actually think Michigan State did a pretty good job of this against Alcorn. Yes. You'd like to see a repeat of that where it's low turnovers. You know, for the most part, they were li- they were locked in defensively. You know, those are the kind of things you want to see show up. And the fifth and final key to the game, defensive rebounding. So there's not much this team does except miss shots. So <laughs> you want to make sure that they only get one miss shot per possession. And then, you know, it's the only thing that they really do reasonably well offensively. So, okay, if you're Michigan State, you look at it and say that's where the challenge is. Mm -hmm. And Michigan State has had some problems in the early going on the defensive boards. So 
you want to look at that, realize, okay, this is an opportunity in this area of the game. Even if they're overmatched, otherwise, this is one thing they've shown an ability to do. So we need to stop that. And it also happens to correspond with something that Michigan State needs to improve. And then I guess final a bonus key is the opportunity for Steven Izzo to actually score a point in a game that uh, is not exhibition. Well, and I, this is probably one of the better opportunities. <laughs> you make a good point. It, you know, the Alcorn State game was kind of disappointing in that sense because it looked like he was going to get extended run. And then about, what was it, maybe halfway, I think it was three minutes to go when he came in, which is a lot more time than is normal yeah. for his appearances. And he did manage to draw a foul. Unfortunately for him, they were one short of being in the yeah. penalty. Yeah. So it didn't get him to the line. But to... right after, right, he did think he was going to the line at first. Yeah. But right after that, he and Davis Smith got tangled up and they both had to come out of the game because they were bleeding. And that was it. You know, there wasn't an opportunity for him to score. So this would be one of the few games left where you could see an extended, like it was against Alcorn, where it's three minutes. So you'd figure that's at least three, four possessions that you're going to get. That's what you want. And it is remarkable how small he looks like, you know, he's not, I mean, he's not, a, certainly he's not a big guy. Let's not, you know, kid ourselves in general, just like for average people, but he's not tiny, but on the, on a basketball court, your perception is so jaded from, you know, like a small guy's like five eleven, right? Yeah. It's, it drives at home. It's, you know, I don't think he's five nine or five. It 10, drives right? home the reality. You look at Michigan State's, you know, two of Michigan State's guards, Jaden Akins and A.J. Hogard, are not, they're not tiny guards, but they're not big, big guards. A.J. is a little broader, obviously, but they both are about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, they're, they're big human beings. Mm-hmm. They're just not big on a Big Ten basketball yeah, court. right. Yeah, I remember I, the last game of the season last year after the game, I was on the court and, you know, talking to people, but... He walked by, I'm like, well, I'm taller than him. And that's, that's saying something he's, right. <laughs> and I guess, you know, you, even when you see him out with Elkhorn State, he has a decisive disadvantage athletically and just, you know, skill wise. I mean, there's right. no, just no question. And those are, that's a, you know, one of the worst teams are going to face all year. And so that gives you an idea how good, you know, these college basketball players are not that that should surprise anybody but it's easy to kind of forget you know when you see a team that's overwhelmed mm-hmm. that they're actually yep. pretty good athletes you know if they're at your high school they're probably your best player on your team most likely you know depends where you go at high school i guess mm-hmm. all right well any further thoughts about georgia southern no i think we've covered it this is one michigan state hopefully will win easily and use to get some work done well it is the last non-conference game before the two Big Ten go-arounds. So those games, I think, begin December 3rd, which means you have very little time to get your entry in for the Beat Rod contest. You can send them to me, E-R-I-C, Eric, at TFFINOTS.com. Please get those entries into me. You want to give me your projected standings for the Big Ten, 1 through 14. We'll use the tiebreakers based on the seating for the Big Ten tournament. The tiebreaker for the for the our contest, which had to get used last year, is based on how many points Michigan State scores against Michigan this year. And remember, they do play them twice. So it's just Michigan State's and how many points Michigan State scores. Uh, get those into me before the deadline, before the first game is played, because then you're just cheating if you know already some of the records of Big Ten teams. So you got to have it in before any Big Ten games are played. So again, get those in. If you have not yet had a chance, 
please leave a written review of the podcast player. Uh, also, check out our great sponsors at brothersgutters.com and nudgeprinting.com. You won't regret either of those decisions. Uh, be, you'll be glad you did. So until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green.